Well, today we're concluding our message series from the book of Exodus about God's plan for his people. Very brief summary. Uh, in this series, we've looked at how God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt. And so Israel was delivered out of slavery in Egypt through miraculous signs and wonders, 10 plagues that God sent against the uh, Egyptian Pharaoh and the people of Egypt that prompted them to let the people of Israel go. And then God rescued the people of Israel through, by delivering them through the Red Sea when the Egyptian army came after them. Many amazing acts that God did, many miraculous acts. And yet, the stories that we've studied are not just ancient history. They indeed did happen. They're not myths. They're not fairy tales. These are things that actually happened in history thousands of years ago. But they have important application to our lives today. But there's been much confusion about the role of the Old Testament for believers today. And some tend to dismiss much of the Old Testament as being irrelevant today. And then on the other hand, others bring aspects of Old Testament practices into their lives and churches mistakenly today. And so the Old Testament must be read through the lens of the New Testament. God has given us what we term progressive revelation. He's revealed more and more of himself throughout the uh, centuries, throughout the pages of the Bible, until the Complete revelation is given by the time we get to the book of Revelation. And so we must understand the New Testament in order to properly understand the Old. The Old Testament speaks of the Old Covenant that God made to Israel, which was based on the law. The New Testament speaks of the New Covenant that God made through Jesus Christ, the promised Messiah. And today we're going to be talking about God instituting the priesthood in the Old Testament with Aaron as the high priest. Now, as we read in the New Testament, there are no longer human high priests, but Jesus is now the high priest. Hebrews 8, verse 1, and I encourage you to take out the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the outline there with the verses written out as well. It says, now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. So this verse is speaking of Jesus now is the priest, the high priest of the new covenant. And he offered not the blood of animal sacrifices as the priest did in the old covenant under the Old Testament, but he offered his own blood once and for all to bring forgiveness for our sins. Hebrews goes on to say in verse 6, but as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is much more excellent than the old, as the covenant he mediates is better since it's enacted on better promises. We don't have time to go into the passage of Hebrews. It talks about it in much more detail. But the new covenant in the New Testament has replaced the old covenant of the Old Testament. The old covenant pointed forward to the new covenant in which Jesus would die on the cross for our sins and be raised from the dead. And so our message today is entitled Access to God. In the Old Testament, only the priest could offer sacrifices, these animal sacrifices. Only the priest could draw near to God's presence in the, ta in the tabernacle or the temple. The ordinary person could not. Only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies where God's manifest glory was present. 
Now today, under the new covenant, there is no longer any special order of priests who mediate between man and God. Revelation 1.5 says, To him who loves us, speaking of Jesus, and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. We want to focus on that verse is that God has made us priests to God and Father. And so this and many other verses in the New Testament tell us that Jesus has made all believers now under the new covenant priests to God the Father. Each believer in Jesus Christ now has direct access to God. We don't need to confess our sins to another person. We can confess them directly to God. You can enter into God's presence. You can talk directly to him. In fact, the presence of God lives inside each and every new covenant believer through the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to look back at the priesthood in the Old Testament and learn from the Old Testament principles how we as believers can live as priests today and enjoy direct access to God. Now, the Old Testament priests were set apart for God's service. You can look at Exodus 28, verse 1. God is instructing Moses. He says, Then bring near to you Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from among the people of Israel to serve me as priests. Aaron and Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, Eleazar and Ithamar, and you shall make holy garments for Aaron, your brother, for glory and for beauty. So remember, God had delivered Israel from Egypt. He was preparing them to enter into the promised land. He was setting up an old covenant system of access to God. Aaron and his sons were to serve God as priests. People could not have direct access to a holy God, and so the priests served as mediators between man and God. The priest offered sacrifices, animal sacrifices, for the forgiveness of sins. The high priest could come into the presence of God, And the priests were clothed with special garments that were appropriate for their special position between man and God. They were set apart from the rest of the people of Israel. They were a special class, the priests of the Old Testament. They were anointed to serve God. Exodus 29, verse 7, again, God speaking to Moses. He says, you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. Speaking of the anointing of Aaron, the high priest. And so he was anointed to signify God's power coming upon him to accomplish his ministry to the Lord. Now, in both the Old and New Testaments, anointing with oil signifies the empowerment of the Holy Spirit coming upon him to do the work that God had called him to do. The priests were then consecrated to God. I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar, Aaron also and his sons I will consecrate to serve me as priests. I will dwell among the people of Israel and will be their God. So to be consecrated to God means that an item such as the altar or the tent of meeting was set apart for the service to God. The same is true of a person. They are consecrated or set apart for the purpose for the uh, service to God. The tent of meeting and the altar could only be used, should only be used to worship God. They shouldn't be used for any other purpose. The priests were to work for no one else. They were to serve God alone. They were consecrated to God. If you read through 
the first five books of the Old Testament, you'll see all kinds of special rules and regulations that governed how the priests were to offer their sacrifices, how the priests were to carry out their duties. The Old Testament priests were set apart for God's service. Now, how does that apply to us today? How can we apply these principles that God set down for the Old Testament priests to our lives? Well, first of all, let's remember and we'll talk more about this in the third point today, that we are all, if we're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you are a priest to God. And as priests to God, we are also set apart to serve God or to minister to Him. We are to be set apart from serving anything else. We are to be set apart from serving ourselves. We're not to serve ourselves. We are not to serve sin. We are not to serve the world or any other God. We are set apart to serve God alone. Now, in the New Testament, God isn't interested in the, in the clothes that we wear. Rather, we are to be clothed, the New Testament says, in Christ-like attitudes, in Christ-like actions. The New Testament speaks of each believer needing to be anointed with the Holy Spirit. Just as the Old Testament priests were anointed, each and every believer needs to be anointed or baptized in the Holy Spirit to be empowered to carry out God's direction for our lives. Each New Testament believer has a ministry or calling from God. Just as the Old Testament priests were set apart for a specific ministry, we have ministries, each of us, to carry out for God. In fact, I believe each of us has multiple callings. Each believer is called to ministry to their family. You are called to a ministry in your work. You are called to a ministry in your church. You are called to a ministry in your neighborhood. You're called to a ministry with your relatives. God has a calling for you in every area of life. And we must not take our callings lightly. We must accept our responsibility there. Let's see what Aaron had to do. Chapter 28, verse 29. So Aaron shall bear the names, and these are all instructions that God's given directly to Moses to, inst to instruct Aaron. So Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel in the breastpiece of judgment on his heart when he goes into the holy place to bring them to regular remembrance before the Lord. And so Aaron, the high priest, wore a breastplate as part of his garment. And mounted on the breastplate were 12 precious stones arranged in four rows. And those 12 precious stones represented the 12 tribes of Israel. And so when Aaron went into the holy place where the presence of God was, a, a holy place, not the holy of holies, but the holy place, he was doing so not just for himself, but as a representative of the 12 tribes of Israel. The breastplate also signified, I'll get that word out, signified our responsibility to look for God's direction. Verse 30, and in the breastplate, piece of judgment where these 12 precious stones were there was something else you shall put the Urim and the Thummim and they shall be on Aaron's heart when he goes in before the Lord thus Aaron shall bear the judgment of the people of Israel on his heart before the Lord regularly so also included in the breastplate were two special stones called the Urim and the Thummim and these are one of the mysteries of the Bible the stones were used in some unknown way to determine God's will or judgment regarding important questions. And so when Aaron's responsibility as the high priest who had access to God was to use these stones in some way that 
was not described to us in the Old Testament. To look for God's direction, to answer questions when leaders or people would come to inquire of God, he would use those stones to hear God speak to him somehow through those stones. Not just for himself, but for the rest of Israel. We don't have time today, but numerous leaders would go to the high priest with questions. Kings, uh, other people, and they would get an answer from the high priest. God speaking through him, through these stones, seeking God's direction. The high priest was also responsible to reflect God's holiness. Verse 36 and 37, you shall make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it like the engraving of a signet, holy to the Lord. And you shall fasten it on the turban by a cord of blue. It shall be on the front of the turban. And so this gold plate engraved with the words holy to the Lord was to be mounted on the high priest's turban, which he wore on his head. And so everyone could see it said holy to the Lord. And of course, he knew every time he put it on, it was on his head. He was to be holy to the Lord. It was a reminder that the priests, particularly the high priest, represented God, who was a holy God, and they were responsible to him. To be holy is to be free from sin. It is to be living in a right relationship with God. And so it was the high priest's responsibility and all of the priest's responsibility to follow God's direction, to live without sin, or if they did sin, to offer a sacrifice in order to be able to come into God's presence. And in fact, two of Aaron's sons, the high priest's sons, did not do that. And fire came out from the presence of God and destroyed them. And so it was very important that they were walking in righteousness. And so as the Old Testament priests had the responsibility to seek God's direction to reflect his holiness in their lives, so we have the same responsibility. We are to faithfully serve God as the priests did in the Old Testament. Now, as Aaron came into the holy place, he had these stones upon his chest in the breast piece, bringing the rest of Israel that he represented to the Lord's remembrance. And when we come into the presence of God, it should not just be for ourselves. We should remember others that we have a responsibility for. Now, we are not somebody else's priest, but each of us knows people who are not yet believers, who can't come into God's presence. And when we come into God's presence, we should remember them. We should bring their names before the Lord and pray for them. People who may have wandered away from God, we should bring their names before the Lord and remember them. As we come into God's presence, we should remember others, not just our own needs, the needs of others. Now, when Aaron used this, this, these two stones, the Urim and the Thummim, to discern God's direction. And so we must seek God's guidance in every aspect of our lives, in every decision of our lives. We don't have to use some stones. God can speak to us directly through the Holy Spirit. All we need to do is ask and believe. James tells us if we ask God for wisdom and believe he'll give it, He will give it to us. He will give us the direction and guidance that we seek. And finally, Aaron wore this gold plate on his head inscribed holy to the Lord. Now, we don't have to wear a turban on our head that says holy to the Lord. 
I mean, if you want to do it, I guess you could, all right? Uh, next Sunday, we'll see what happens. But um, <clears throat> our hearts need to be filled with the holiness of God. Uh, we need to, when people look at us, they need to see that we're living a righteous lifestyle. Now, none of us is perfect. The only perfect person who's ever walked the ground of this planet is Jesus Christ. So none of us is perfect, and we all sin from time to time, but, but Jesus has made a way for us to be forgiven, a way for us to live righteously, not to live lifestyles of sin, but to live in a holy manner of life. And so when we confess our sins, Jesus forgives us, he cleanses us, so we can continue to walk before the Lord in holiness. And so as New Testament priests, we must take responsibility to faithfully serve God. <clears throat> we, are part, <clears throat> we are part of a holy temple. Now, in Moses' time, the Ark of the Covenant, where God's presence dwelt, he dwelt above it. There were two cherubim above the ark. Inside the ark were the, the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone and Aaron's rod that budded and a jar of manna, if I remember right, were in this ark of the covenant. But above it is where God's glory came. I mean, there was a brilliant light shining and you could not come into the pre that presence. The high priest could only come in once a year under very special regulations. And that Ark of the Covenant was kept in the tabernacle tent. And later on, Solomon built a temple. And the Ark was uh, put there. And that was a permanent place to house the Ark. But after Jesus rose from the dead in the, in the New Testament, God's presence is no longer consecrated in a special building. God's presence is in, is in his people in the New Covenant. The true church is not a building. I mean, we still speak, we come to church, you know, you come to a building. But really, the true church is not a building. The true church is a gathering of believers committed to the Lord and to each other in a specific locality. And so each of us, as believers, are part of a holy temple. Individually, we are living stones. Let's jump to the New Testament, 1 Peter chapter 2. As you come to him, that's Jesus, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house. And so in the new covenant, Jesus Christ is the foundation of God's present spiritual house or God's temple that he's building today. We as New Testament believers are living stones and we are built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. And so we have the foundation as Jesus. And each of us is a living stone. We're being fitted together, built upon it to build this spiritual house. And what God is building with us as living stones is not a physical building. It's a spiritual building. And the purpose of this spiritual temple or spiritual place is the same as in the Old Testament, is to be a place for the presence of God to dwell. And so God's presence is there in a special way when believers gather together to worship. God's presence is here in a special way as we gather together to worship. But God's presence is also there in each of our individual lives because 
In a sense, each of us is a spiritual building, a, a spiritual temple. And God lives inside of us as well by his Holy Spirit. We are living stones. Verses go on to say that we also are holy priests. Verse 5, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And so as New Testament believers, we are part, as we said already, but here's another scripture and there are many others. We are part of a holy priesthood, which means we each are a holy priest. But as a priest, we no longer offer physical animal sacrifices as the Old Testament priest did. We offer spiritual sacrifices. What are these spiritual sacrifices? Well, a major part of them, and there's some references in your study guide you can look up, is the spiritual sacrifice of ourselves. The Bible speaks of us being a living sacrifice. We offer ourselves to God. But we're not dead. <laughs> we're still alive. We're living sacrifices, but we are sacrificing our whole lives to Him. We sacrifice what we want to do, our own will, to please the Lord and His will. Verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 2 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal what? Priesthood. A holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so the Apostle Peter here is speaking to New Testament believers, like you and I, calling us a, a, a royal priesthood. We are called by God out of the darkness of sin into God's light, into being God's children. And our purpose is to proclaim the excellencies of God, which means to tell others about Jesus. And so you are part of God's holy temple as a living stone and a holy priest. Now, why do some churches still have priests that you confess your sins to? Well, this is not a trivial difference in church preferences. Uh, it's a serious misunderstanding. It negates the new covenant in Christ's sacrifice because every New Testament believer is their own priest. We can enter into God's presence by ourselves. We have access to God. We can directly confess our sins to God. We can get guidance from God. The true church on a worldwide level is made up of all true believers in Jesus Christ. And together, the universal church some speak of is being built together as living stones to form a spiritual building of the church where God's presence dwells. And what is true on a worldwide level is also true of local churches such as Life Church. We are being built together as a spiritual building where God dwells by His Spirit. And in that spiritual building, in that, as it were, temple, we don't call ourselves a temple, but... New Testament word is church, ecclesia, which is the gathering of God's people. The presence of God dwells by his Holy Spirit. And so the New Testament must be the lens through which we understand the old. As specific people were set apart as God's priests in the Old Testament, so all believers now are set apart as God's priests in the New Testament. God has called us, anointed us by the Holy Spirit to serve him, in every area of our lives. And as the Old Testament priests look to God for direction, we look to God for direction in every decision we have to make. We will need to reflect our holiness or His holiness in our lives. 
on our heart should be engraved holy to the Lord, not necessarily on a turban on our head. It should be on our hearts. And we are living stones. We're being built together as a, as a spiritual dwelling for God, as a holy temple in God's church. We have direct access to God. We communicate with God. We offer up spiritual sacrifices, sacrifice of our lives. We are a living sacrifice, living, breathing sacrifices as we live lives of worship to God. May God help us to walk close to God as his priests in this day and in this age. Now, how does someone become a believer in Jesus Christ? How do you become a New Testament priest? I'm sure how many of you want to be New Testament priests? Well, everybody should. It's a good thing as a believer in Jesus Christ. And in order to become a child of God, in order to become a believer in Jesus, you need to admit that you sin. You need to believe that Jesus died on the cross as the perfect sacrifice. He shed his blood that you might be forgiven. He rose from the dead three days later. And you commit your life to following him as your high priest, actually. He's our high priest in heaven. And so I'd like to ask us all to bow our heads right now. And if you would like to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time, if you've never heard something like this before or never responded to it, I'd encourage you to pray this prayer along with me. Or perhaps you made a commitment in the past, but you've wandered away from God and you want to recommit your life to him. This would be a good time to just pray as well. And as I pray this prayer, you can just pray along in your heart. Uh, you don't have to speak it out if you don't wish. But I encourage you to pray something like this. Father, today, I admit that I have sinned. I've done wrong things, things that I knew were wrong. I've been following my own way in life rather than yours. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, the perfect sacrifice, shed his blood that my sins might be forgiven. Forgive me, come into my life. I believe that you rose from the dead. You're alive today and I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you that I can have direct access to you now. I don't have to go through anybody else. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, we thank you for your revelation to us in the Old Testament. Help us to understand how, how the new covenant supersedes the old covenant. And it's so much better. Give us wisdom in talking to others who may still seek to live under the old covenant, seeking to Keep your law and be good enough to be accepted by you. And so miss eternal life with Jesus. May we daily consecrate ourselves to you, to set apart ourselves, to have this holy to the Lord engraved in our hearts and in our minds so that we can walk before you in a way pleasing to you. May we seek your anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be empowered to serve you and to serve others. We make a decision today to choose to seek your direction in our lives when we're facing 
important decisions rather than trying to figure everything out with our own heads. Help us to confess our sins directly to you and receive forgiveness immediately and cleansing that we might continue to reflect your holiness. We thank you that we're not in this alone, but we are living stones. We're not just one stone, but we are living stones together that are together building a spiritual dwelling place for your presence. And we want to see more of your presence, more of your power in each of our lives individually and in our life together as a church. Thank you that we can serve you as a, as a holy priesthood. May we learn to pray continually and to walk daily in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.